This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Hey, welcome back to Moneyline. It's hour two. We're going to go straight to Twitter. We got our man Lamont. He says Texans 34, Chiefs 30. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Ooh. If you have a prediction out there, 713-780-3776 at Moneyline97.5 on Twitter. You can text us at that same number, or you can come hang out on Twitch. We want to know your predictions. Get it off your chest. Let's get it hype, man. Football season's here. Your Texans are on the main stage on Thursday. Uh, some will call it redemption. You see the 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 world told you that the Lakers were going to smash the Rockets in four games, maybe five. There's no way that they take it to, to seven. Well, here we are, and I'm not saying that the, the Rockets are going to pull anything off, but it, nothing is impossible in sports, especially the life that we're living in right now under this, the COVID circumstances. We don't know what's going to happen. What if, what if the timing of this is perfect, man? Deshaun playing more inspired than he ever has. He said his, his mother talked to him after the contract signing, you know, after the news, and she said, you know, that good, you know, congratulations. But you got a game to play Thursday, and you got a championship to go get. That's the mentality. That's the blood he has in him. That's that's what we love. It is. And we talked about this during the break a little bit that I think part of what the Texans are paying him for is what he did at Clemson, you know, winning a national championship. The hope is he can do that in professional football in the NFL, win a Super Bowl. That's that's the goal. So let's talk about Deshaun a little bit. We're doing a lot of fantasy talk this week. What do we think about Deshaun as, as your fantasy quarterback? Right now, he's going off at about number 41 overall. So, you know, maybe fourth, fifth round is where you can get Deshaun Watson. Would you rather wait and get Deshaun there in the fourth, fifth round? Or are you a guy that would want to get Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in, you know, say the second or third round? I'm always a wait on quarterback type of guy. But you because you have to take a chance. If you if you're one of those middle quarterback guys, you end up having to take them sometimes a little bit faster than than you would want to, because once Mahomes is gone, Lamar's Jackson's gone, and then it's it's that gap between that that other tier, Russell Wilson, Watson. I'm not sure why they're putting Dak up there this year. I'm not going to be that guy. Dak is third as far as ADP. He's the third fantasy quarterback drafted, which I guess the C.D. Lamb edition, they're expecting a lot of offense for the Cowboys, which makes some sense. You know, Deshaun specifically, I think he's going to have to run more this year, you know, because Hopkins isn't here. So I think he's going to have to use his legs more. That means more fantasy points. Harder schedule, yeah. chasing points. Now, if you look at what Watson has done in his three-year career as far as fantasy finishes, his first year, 24.1 points per game, first overall as far as points per game quarterback. Second year, 20 points, fantasy points per game, fourth. Last season, 22 points per game as far as fantasy, second. So he's been the first, fourth, second. What's to say that he won't be that? What's the drop-off as far as Hopkins? Because we say, man, well, how the touch the touchdowns were a little bit low on Hopkins. Yeah, I think he had like seven last year. Exactly. So to say that I, that his fantasy production as far as Watson's going to drop because of Hopkins being gone, I'm not sure that's the case. If anything, they might throw that thing a few, a few more times per game, and then the the pass to the uh, to the running backs. You have two running backs that that are pass catchers. 
I believe that he can be the number one overall scoring quarterback. I really believe he can. I, I think he has that upside too. And what do we always see on third down? He'd throw a little you know, slant route to Hopkins to pick up the third down. Well, if you don't have that anymore, that might be Deshaun running on third down, which is going to get you more fantasy points. And Hopkins didn't run you know, average depth per target that deep on the field. He's more of a possession receiver. So we might see Deshaun throwing the ball down the field a little more because he's got more speed. I like it. Now, sticking to how you said Dak is supposed to be fifth, we're talking about fantasy and outside of fantasy. Lamont makes a great point here on Twitter. He says, answer me this. What major milestones makes us put Dak in the same conversation or Dak and Watson in the same conversation as Mahomes and Lamar? Don't get me wrong. All good. But Mahomes and Lamar have major accomplishments. The other two don't. Now, Lamar, as an individual, right, he has his accomplishment. Mahomes, individual, team-wise, everything. He has it. I don't. I mean, I don't even know why we've brought Dak into that conversation because whenever we get to the playoffs and we start talking about Texans or Chiefs, whenever you whenever you give your prediction, you always say, man, they, they're going to win it because Mahomes or the Texans have a chance at any time because Watson. Whenever you talk about the Cowboys in the playoffs, you always say, man, I don't know because we, there, we know that there's only so much that Dak can do. That's, that right there tells you. And every time that you hear those conversations, it's always like, man, if – I don't know if I trust Dak to, to get him to the Super Bowl. That's the thing. Whenever it's the other guys, conversely, you say that that's the focal point, right? Yeah, and funny that it, it, the money has backed that up too, right, Jerry? They, they've been a little hesitant to give Dak that big money, but we see Mahomes and Watson, they've been paid. So it tells us that, you know, Trey's a big Cowboys fan. You know, I'll get you in on this, Trey. It's not just us that aren't quite sure about Dak. Clearly, Jerry Jones has some concerns as well. I think this is going to be a big year for Dak, though. I mean, they've given him too many weapons, and he's going to go out there and and play a lot harder to prove that he's worth the money he's asking for. So I think this year they're going to have to cave because he's going to have such a big year. Yeah, it's a garbage division too, right? Like we used to hear that about the AFC South all the time. But I don't know. Now- the Giants are coming. <laughs> you see their coach doing the uh, the football drop in the mud. and It's, it's like, I mean, I guess everything – I guess the locker room starts with good a, a good environment there. I guess they're trying to build it out from there. But when, when, when you got the front office a disaster like the Giants have, then there's not much hope. But let's go back to Watson real quick in last season. He had a fantastic start, okay? 11 pe- touchdown passes, one interception through five first games. But then that gap from week 6 to 16, 15 to 11, that's where the gap is. It is, and we see that game by game, quarter by quarter with him too, right? And that's, you know, the one big concern with Deshaun is in the playoffs, you know, he kind of had like one really good quarter against the Bills, but, you know, he struggled in that Colts playoff game. Uh, Early on in that Bills game, you know, he struggled. And then he finally started finding Hopkins, and they went after Tredavious White, and that worked later in the game. But Early on in the the Texans-Chiefs game, you know, Watson got off to that great start, hit Kenny Stills for a touchdown on that blown coverage, and then the second half, Texans struggled to score, man. Chiefs were just running it up on him. So Deshaun's a little streaky. I think you have to accept the the ups and downs with him. The ups are going to be really good, but for a while he'll struggle, and you have to worry without Hopkins, is it going to be worse when they do have those lows? And that's what we spoke about. Is the $39 million for what he's done already, or is it what you think he can do and, and you hope he can do? And I think it's it's more what the hopeful is and what you know that he can be. But then many will say, well, 
it was is, is Bill O'Brien going to hold him down for forever? That's the question that we have. 713-780-3776. Go ahead. Let's light it up. Who outlasts who? Do we think that O'Brien outlasts uh, the contract? Does he is O'Brien going to be here for that entire contract? If you had to, if you had to bet your income tax for the next five years, you know, six years, the the yeah, six. If you had to bet it for the next six years, and you say, man, you will get no income tax, and you said, man, is O'Brien going to really be here the entire six years? I would bet no. I'm with you. I don't think so. I'm we, taking no. Yeah, I, that that's a long time for a coach to be with the team. And I think Deshaun will clearly make it. You only worry you see guys like Cam Newton to where they don't make it through that contract because they took some hits. So hopefully Deshaun is smart like Russell Wilson, gets down, avoids those big hits. And that's another thing we spoke about is, is yeah, we talked about the cryptic you know, messages or something. But by no means did you ever really think, man, they wouldn't. Texans would not let that opportunity pass. Maybe they wouldn't be able to lock him up for, for as many years as you wanted to or whatever the case is. But... You talk about guys inside Houston, man. There's for a while it was JJ Watt. It, it was untouchable. Like, and then whenever you got the the Hopkins news, it hit you in your stomach that first morning. You woke up and you said, DeAndre Hopkins is gone. It took you a while. Like, mm-hmm. you, you got in your car that day and you drove and you asked yourself, what is going on? Like, what is did he? But then it, you it faded away. You started saying, okay, you know what? Let's go for it. If Deshaun Watson would have said, you know, if it would have came out, he said, man, I'm not signing. All hell would have break loose on a, on Kirby. I mean, they would have. It would have. We would have lined out where Astroworld was in that parking lot right there, and we would have. We would have started a chaos. You know, what I mean, the, the, just you never really thought, like, man, don't tell me that. Let's go right over to the HRP listen line because, hey, this is football season. We're talking football. What's going on, Clarence? You're on money line. What's going on, brothers? How y'all doing? Fantastic. How about yourself, my man? No, I'm doing great. First off. I don't think O'Brien is going to outlast this contract. Why is that? Not at all. Not at all. Because I really do believe they're going to take a step back this year. The division has gotten better outside of the two wins they're probably going to get with the Jaguars. That division, the Colts have gotten considerably better as soon as they put Phillip Rivers up there. And the Titans, they got a little bit better. They're still the same team who went to the AFC Championship. Plus, with this tougher schedule that they have, I really think that the Texans might take a step back. And it's going to be really because they don't have no DeAndre Hopkins. They don't have that safety blanket now that they're used to having. And y'all just said that Deshaun is streaky. So imagine you don't have that safety blanket and he's going in that cool-all streak. It's going to be real tough. And the defense didn't get any better. So All very fair points All right there. Uh, if Clarence is still there, what do you think? Like seven and nine step back, Clarence? How bad do you think it'll be this year? I think they might be average, eight and eight. How I'm, many, I'm not going to call them below average. I'll give them average, eight and eight. How many average years can O'Brien have before things go south with him, according to where they are right now? Because we're used to them having these winning, uh, you know, records and hanging banners. How many years you think Clarence did they have that O'Brien will be like? You know what? We're not wasting these six years of Deshaun. You're gone. I think it'll be two years. I mean, he was already average before. Then he started winning these division games, these divisional championships, and hanging banners up there. But come on, how many times uh, Texan fans and the people in the front office are going to look at that and say, well, he's stepping back. He's not going forward. This team isn't moving forward, and maybe we need someone else to push Deshaun 
and the rest of this team in the right direction. The whole problem is, even if y'all do that and y'all get that person, you don't have no draft picks. Looking like you probably won't have money to do much of anything unless you restructure some people or cut some people. So it's going to be real hard for and if and when the next person comes in here, the next GM, the next head coach, et cetera, to actually do anything with this roster, with the payroll, and everything in between. No, he All makes right. a great point. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Clarence. It's right, though. You said you know that Watson's getting paid, but what does that do for the rest? We talked about salary caps and, and, and how much of the salary cap he has. How much does Deshaun hold now? It's going to be a lot, especially if it drops. It's not just a quarterback. You have to have other pieces around it to make it work. It's not just as simple as, hey, Mahomes is the best quarterback. You saw that that team was loaded. They were loaded, even on the defensive side. What did they do? They went and paid their guys again. Now you talk about 12 years. That's why there's a lot of margin in there to restructure things. There's a ton of margin, and I think that that's what they're playing with. Time saying, hey, you're going to bleed Chiefs red forever, Mahomes. Like, Let's get that out there. You're, you're going to die here with us at Arrowhead. But look, can we do it over 14 to 18 years? We're going to go ahead and, you know, when they're going to get to like year seven or eight, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and add another four or six years. <laughs> Lifetime contract. Yeah. At the one point, it's like, hey, you know, I know your girl knows what the new finger, uh, the rock on her finger. Y'all ain't going nowhere. That's fair. And he brought up a good point, Clarence, that they don't have a first or a second round draft pick this year. It's a step back in every in, in, in uh, so many other aspects of the team other than now you got your quarterback, which that's the main piece. Being here in Houston, you knew, you you struggled with that piece. So you're thinking, okay, I'm good there now. Let's build it within. Hopefully O'Brien can do that. Lamont, we see you on the line. We'll get to you right after this break. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. Is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Go ahead and tweet us. Texas 713-780-3776. We're going to jump right into the HRP listening line. Lamont wants to talk football. What's going on, Mont? Say what's up, man. Uh, 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 I had a couple of uh, points, but I did want to reply to that last caller. Uh, he was saying that the uh, the Texans schedule got hard, but it just didn't get hard for the Texans. It got hard for the whole division. Uh, I think I think the division is wide open. I'm not going to say that the Texans are going to win. Uh, you know, I think with a with a coach like O'Brien, anything can happen. Uh, uh, that guy just just kind of silly to me, uh, but. I, I, I mean, just to say that, uh, you know, the schedule got hard for the Texans, uh, it's kind of, you know, naive, but not naive. I ain't going to uh, say naive, but I'm just uh, saying that it got hard for all four of them. And I don't expect Tannehill to do what Tannehill did uh, uh, for the last half of the season last year. Uh, 
Rivers had a better team inside of uh, San Diego uh, with the uh, receiver that just got paid bukus of dollars, uh, and now you expect him to go reinvent the wheel, uh, uh, you know, at the uh, at, at the coach. It just don't make sense to me. I, I think the division is wide open right now. It can go any kind of way. But I did want to talk about this, fellas. Uh, you know, I think when it comes to uh, Deshaun Watson, I don't have a problem. Uh, 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 well, I do have a problem with Deshaun Watson. Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson uh, is exactly the player he was in the Buffalo game. Looked like crap for uh, uh, 46 minutes, last two minutes, do miraculous stuff. And when is the uh, 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 the bottom line? What I think that has really happened inside of Houston, Texas, is that we've had such crap quarterbacks for so long that we finally got something that looked like a quarterback now that we didn't just lost our minds. Uh, uh, what I mean by that is you look at Dak Prescott, he came behind uh, Tony Romo. You look at Lamar Miller, he came behind uh, he came behind Flacco, and you know Flacco and his. In his later years, uh, he got bad. Then you look at uh, Mahomes, he came behind Alex Smith. You know, those were uh, uh, three competent quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson is coming behind straight-up doo-doo. So now we just see a quarterback, and it looks like the shiny new toy for us. We got to go crazy uh, behind it and, 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 and go crazy. The dude makes spectacular plays, but he's not really that consistent to me, fellas. He, he's, he's just not... I like Deshaun Watson, but he's not that consistent to me. You mean just to me? Uh, you know the thirty-nine million, forty million that he getting a year. Hey man, get your bread. You know, get the bag. Uh, do what you got to do. If it was if it was me writing the check, I I, I don't know if I would have. Uh, uh, um, I don't know if I would have cashed that one right there, man. I don't know if I would have written that one. That's all I have, fellas. Cool. Thanks, Lamont. That's that's interesting. We've talked about that before on the show, and and if if you guys want to call in seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six, is Deshaun as good as we make him out to be here in Houston, or is Lamont onto something that the quarterback play was so awful up until he joined the team that we view him as as being a little better than he truly is? And that's the thing, man. Thirty nine million is is thirty nine. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. You say, well. Who else makes Mahomes? Did he earn it? Yeah. If, if you ask yourself that question, the same exact question we're asking for uh, from from Mahomes, did he earn X amount of money? Twelve years? Yeah. You don't even have to. You don't even let them finish the question. You say, yeah. You're gonna tell me he didn't. Now, if you ask that question whenever you bring up Lamar or or uh, uh, Deshaun, I don't I don't know if you can say that he's earned it yet. We look at what he can be. Again, if you're out there listening, you say, man, yeah, he's earned that money, Jerry. Y'all, y'all tripping up here. 713-780-3776, tell me how he's earned it. I think it's it's on hope and and knowing what he's been and saying, and that uh, it goes to answer that question, why I think that that O'Brien won't outlast that contract because if if there's any kind of bump in the road in the next two years as far as that record dipping down and, and not hanging a banner up there and they notice a step back, I don't think that they waste that many years the later the four, let's say the whole extension of it, the fourth, the, the the back end four years. I'm not sure you can waste that with with O'Brien there, but who makes that call and how fast that call is made is is pivotal. Well, they're locked into Deshaun now, right? So yeah. if it does go downhill, it'll be O'Brien that goes, or they'll they'll do that thing where they force O'Brien to hire an offensive coordinator. You know, when they do that trick, that could happen too. It's interesting, man. I. 
I think O'Brien will be gone first, and I think Deshaun will, will do well. I, he's he's got to get better, but let's be real. He hasn't taken them to new levels. They've won the division with Brian Hoyer and Brock Osweiler. I mean, they've won the division with garbage quarterback play, and they haven't gone any further in the playoffs with Deshaun. So they got to get to an AFC championship game to, to consider that a success. You think that's the, the bar, AFC yeah. championship game? And anything else, uh, say, say they they don't win division, wild card it and make their run. Does that do anything for them? Do they need to be front runners, division leaders, win it that way, make their move? I mean, how? because you say we set the bar at AFC title game because I can't frankly say that they, they would beat the Chiefs. And that's who no. I'm painting in there. Or the, or the Ravens no. for that. I mean... Uh, but the Titans beat the Ravens. You know, like we're so quick to say, you know, there's no way the Texans can beat the Ravens, but the Titans beat them. Yeah. But and the you, Texans beat the Titans. Yes. But then you look at the Ravens game, the Texans got destroyed by the Ravens last year. It was like 40 something to seven. It's, it, is it a matter of not being mentally tough or, or built tough? You know, because you look at the Titans and, and they're maybe whenever, even when they weren't winning, let's take it back. You just still look at them like, okay, they're, they're scrappy team. You know, that, that's where they are. They just. Not to put any kind of shine on Tannehill because I'm not sure he's going to do that again. The amount of money he's making all of a sudden, it's like they pulled the trigger as well. They did the same thing going to Lamont's point. They were coming off Mariota. They're thinking, man, we were stuck with this guy, a a top pick, you know, a high draft pick. And we were stuck with this guy, and finally we got rid of him, and and we might as well sign this guy. We're not going back to that again. I think that's what happened. Yeah, if you've had a quarterback for a long time, and you, that's a great point that he makes because it's just different. And and a Texans fan, and you're – in your stomach right now, you start thinking, man, I remember those Brock Osweiler days. Like, I remember Shockwork. It was unwatchable, I mean, a lot of those games. It, it really was. You you were losing football games because the quarterback, not even with Watson, you expect him to go out and win games. Not not even when game managers are like, hey, don't go out there and lose the game. These boys were losing games. They were going out there, and you're thinking when the game was over, man, that quarterback blew that game. Brock Osweiler needs to not be quarterbacking. And obviously, we saw that the NFL agreed. Let's go right over to the HRP listener line. Tim wants to talk Texans. What's going on, Tim? What's going on, guys? Um, a quick question. Uh, do you think that Deshaun Watson would have been paid had he been with uh, Andy Reid or in Baltimore? Um, because I think his talent is there. I think the skill level is there, obviously. Uh, but I just think it's Bill O'Brien. I think it's this whole coaching staff. I think that they're um, – they're, uh, Letting his team down, I think they're letting the city down. I think that uh, Bob needs to go, man. Uh, I I know that uh, Cal's not going to just do that, but Deshaun would have already been paid had he been with Andy Reid or in Baltimore. I'm going to hang up and listen, but thanks, guys. I appreciate the show. I think that's a good point, Tim. I I think there's a common feeling that O'Brien's holding Deshaun back. You know, like Andy Reid, you feel like that's one of the best situations you could be in. You know, that comes up top though. So then, if I if I had a manager. And but I'm the owner of the company, and I see my manager messing things up. Uh, customers aren't happy, aka the fans. You know things aren't things aren't going like the company. I, I don't want the company to run like that. And then you say, you know what? I'm going to give them a chance because 
we're still selling. You know, we're still making money every year. We're making money as a company. We're doing all right, aka hang banners. We're still doing that. So why make the chance? But then all of a sudden, you have this one employee, and he's a he's a badass. You you paid for that. You got him from another company, and you were like, man, you brought him. And you said, man, this is my star player, and that star player never really turns out to be that. And you're thinking, well, what's going on? Is it the management that's holding him down? We need we need to make moves here to bring out the best out of that star guy. And I think that's what's going on here. No, I agree with you. And but it's gonna like our previous caller. It's gonna take a couple seasons, right? Because even if they have a down year, they're not going to get rid of O'Brien after one down year. They're going to have to have two down years before they even think about doing something like that. And guys, the one thing that I want you guys to think about is wearing a mask. You got to do it everywhere you go around. It says, "Hey, you got to wear a mask to come in here." And that why not get the best mask if you got to wear one? The best mask is Boomer Naturals ESPN 97.5. We're all wearing these. They are the best because of the nano silver technology. It's three layer. It's comfortable, but it's highly breathable. Even though it's three layers, they come in sizes for adults, teens, children. Whatever size you are, they got a mask for you. They're protected with that nano silver, guys, and that's what gives you that added protection that makes you feel like you're safe when you're going out there. So another great thing is they donate a face cover for every order that they get. So they're actually helping out the community as well. You can also find them at CVS. They're everywhere now. And the way you should go get it is at boobernaturals.com, and you want to use promo code JORDAN, and you'll get 20% off your order. I've had many people tell me they love the mask. Now they have masks out for Halloween. So they have theme masks for with Halloween coming up. So if you want a custom mask, they got you covered. Go to boomernaturals.com. That's going to be promo code Jordan to get you 20% off Boomer Naturals. At ESPN 97.5, we wear Boomer Naturals masks. Order now at boomernaturals.com and use promo code ESPN Houston for 20% off. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. It's going down on Twitch. Come hang out. Appreciate all of you hanging out. Wolfman, Titan Hugo, everyone. It's, it's, it's football season. It's here. It's within days. No better spot than the Texans to go out on a nationally televised game against a team that they gave up a 50-burger. That's I don't know how many patties come on a 50-burger, but a lot of patties were thrown on that burger. Now they're going to have to say, hey, we're not who you thought they were. And, and, we, and we let them off the hook. You know, they got to come out with that. But before we get into this segment, let's get over to Clyde on the HRP listener line. He also wants to talk Texans. What's hey, going Jack, on, Clyde? I want to ask you uh, maybe you can give me a serious answer. What are the chances? Um, Bill O'Brien leaving this year or next year, and keeping Deshaun, which I'm still hurt. The guy did say it, and I'm follow up what he said. He's not consistent, and I hang up and listen. He's not, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Clyde. That's the question that we have right now. I think that's that's the golden and and four days before the openings of of the NFL season. By no means do 
do we? I want to be negative because right now a lot of people are painting O'Brien as the savior that this saves him because he was able to get the deal done. I'm not sure that we can give him merit for getting this deal done. Yeah, it has to have something to do with it because you would say Watson's not signing that deal. If he absolutely hates him, I don't think he was. But then again, you think that Watson at any point was going to pass up that kind of money? No, that's not. When Tunzel got, they gave up the house for Tunzel and now all these deals that they're not making, you knew that they were preparing to make this deal. We just didn't know what kind of a deal it was going to make or be. Now you say what worst case scenario would have to, what case? What scenario has to happen for O'Brien to leave? Uh, bombing out this year for sure, like a, a negative record for sure. Let's say, let's say it's slightly negative because we're always known that they're the eight and eight, nine and seven. What if they go seven and nine, maybe six wins? Okay, now maybe does the COVID say a little bit? Okay, lack of preparations. Um, you know, let's give him another year with that's a decent excuse. Brand new offensive coordinator. Let's give the guy another year. So okay, we're past year one. Okay, let's say that we got past so now we're in year two. Say they come out there again and then let's do two scenarios. I want I want your answer on these two, Josh. Let's say they go negative six and eight, or then the, give me one that they go eight and eight, nine and seven, but then lose first round. What do you think happens in either one? I think it's gonna have to be ugly. I think they're gonna have to bottom out before O'Brien goes. But you know, say this year they just take a step back and miss the playoffs, but you know maybe they're eight and eight or something like that. He's good. It's the next year, and they'll have to really bottom out that next year to where it's ugly and the fans are upset and they don't have any other excuses and they can't blame it on COVID. I think you brought up a good point. That's going to be an easy thing to blame stuff on this year. And by then, you know, JJ may not be on the team next year. You know, depending on if he's healthy this year or not. So without a, a decent J.J. Watt, that defense is going to be terrible. I mean, just the way it looks right now. I mean, I don't think they're going to be this that good this year with J.J. Once he's gone, they're going to be even worse. And the reason I say that is all your money's locked up now. You can't go add an expensive defensive player because you just paid Deshaun and you just paid Tunsil and all these guys, and you don't have a first or a second round draft pick. You're not going to have a first or second round pick until the 22 2022 draft. Just think about that. So you're not going to get any cheap quality talent for a while. So I think if they have an ugly year, not this season, but next, that's when we could see O'Brien finally out of the picture. Virginia says six and eight would be nearly impossible. Vegas has them around that seven and a half mark, so it's not too far fetched. And Jacksonville is awful. They're clearly tanking. So that's your two automatic wins right there. And and to I appreciate the callers today. We do because they've made some great points. Like the first one, okay, says that the Texans got a harder schedule, but yeah, so does the whole division, right? Yeah. But the division has gotten so much better. There's not those gimme games. And okay, Jacksonville, yes, but the other games are all up in the air. We still we don't know. We don't know. Now, what when we look back six years from now, X amount of years from now, what's going to predicate, what's going to tell us if this deal was successful? Does it have to be a Super Bowl? Because if we're saying Lamar Jackson had a, a, a historic year last season and he got in an individual award, what if, what if in the next six years Watson gets two MVPs, but they get it up? They were never able to surpass the Mahomes-led Chiefs, those Ravens, X-Team, whatever. And he never makes it to – he makes it to one AFC title game but gets two MVPs. Do we look at that as a success? Was he worth this money? That's what I want to know. 713-780-3776. Like, what are you expecting out of this? Because we know that two of those years are probably – we talked about the, the timeline of, of O'Brien. Two of those four or six, I'm sorry, are, are probably – 
O'Brien-ish. Yep. If he doesn't make it happen, now you have four. Now we're moving moving to the back end of the prime years of a quarterback, a running one that we don't know what a one that's had multiple injuries. We don't know what uh, kind of condition he's going to be in. No, that, that's a fair point. These running quarterbacks, the prime of their career, it's a little shorter. You know, you're a guy like Brady that just stands in the pocket. You can be in your prime in your mid-30s, but we're seeing it with Cam Newton. You know, he didn't finish his huge contract, so it goes quickly. For me, you talked about if Watson wins a couple MVPs, but if they don't win at all, that feels like, remember when that was the talk about Peyton Manning, that he couldn't win the big game until he finally beat Brady and finally went to the Super Bowl and won something? You know, he was winning MVPs all the time, but I think that'll be a similar narrative about Deshaun, is that, you know, he's a great regular season quarterback, but they can't win the big game. And let's face it, those Colts teams with Peyton early on, they had bad defenses too. Peyton was having to outscore everybody. And I think Deshaun's going to have to outscore everybody, which brings me to this. We were talking about how streaky Deshaun is, right? Where that worries me the most is against a team like the Chiefs. Because if he starts off slow and the Chiefs just do what they do against a bad Texans defense, it could be 21 to nothing in the blink of an eye. You've seen what they did when it's the other way around. Yeah. To beat those type of teams... You have to be consistent scoring because they're going to consistently score. You when when you paint out the Chiefs, you start thinking, okay, 28, 30 points, or at least a touchdown a quarter. You can't have that gap where you score a, a field goal and a half. You can't have that. You, no. you have to be able to keep up. You have to be able to hit the big play. Now, do I think that they have more ability to hit big plays now with this offense? Yes, because you said it earlier, the A dot on Hopkins was inside 10 yards, 7 yards, 6 yards, move the chains, use his body. That's what he did. That's the kind of – but if you don't have that, these other guys are running deeper routes. But at, at the, at, on the other end, you can say, well, then that means that a Tredavious White or whoever the number one DB on the other side, he's going to be able to roam freely. He's going to be able to say, man, uh, don't get me wrong, some of them play one side only, but a lot of these guys, they, they, they shadow guys. So what happens when he doesn't have to shadow anyone? On any given play, he's going to be able to line up. They'll be able to line him up according to what the, 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 the guess is instead of having him shadow someone. So it goes both ways. It does. But it to me, the biggest thing with this Texans team is establishing that backfield. I think that's going to help those receivers. If, you, if teams fear... If teams don't fear your running game, then that gives them more DBs, more more guys to cover that speed. If the moment they start fearing that, okay, the Texans might have a run game somewhat, or or man, we got to watch these guys out of the flats. That makes the linebackers have to play a little bit wider. Now, whatever the case is, if Duke Johnson can show he was worth that third rounder, whatever the case is, they need. It's not one thing, like no. we say. It's not Watson. It's not one thing. It's a few things it is and for duke to be worth that i think he had like 44 catches last year <laughs> and then carlos hyde had 10 you gotta get more out of your running backs in the passing game and that's just not something that they've done a lot of and you bring up the you, you know we think they're going to throw the ball a little further down the field this year because you know hopkins ran the more shallow routes that also means there were low their lower percentage throws when you're throwing it further down the field so that's a concern as well the one thing i'm really looking forward to and this is what i'm hoping we can see is that Fuller doesn't have to be the de facto deep threat. You have Brandon Cooks now. 
So maybe we can get Fuller on some of these shorter routes, some some crossing routes with Fuller. So he's not always having to you know go run those nine routes way down the field. Maybe that'll keep him healthier if he's not having to just straight sprint down the field every play. Get him on some crossing routes. Use him more like Michael Thomas and the Saints. You know, pick up the chains with Fuller because he's a good route runner. He's not just a deep threat. That's really what I'm hoping we see this year. Now, something that is encouraging is that we would see those stats on downfield throws of plus 20 yards that Watson was one of the best. He yes. Was, he throws them on dimes. Beautiful deep ball. Yeah. You need time to get that deep ball. Can this offensive line give them time? They're built, they built it for it. They're good. I think they'll be a top 10 offensive line this year. Everything is, everything is there. Many said whenever Hopkins was gone, well, now he doesn't. Not that Hopkins was a target hog. I don't think he was, but he still, he, he was a top receiver that, I mean, you have over 100 targets. One, I mean, yeah, he was like 30% of your targets went to him. Where do those go? Someone's got to be there. This is going to, you're going to see how good Watson really is now. You're going to see because it, it, it's going to require him changing things. But to him, he might say, man, I have more weapons now. Um, I know that, not that say that he would stare him down all the time, but if you have a number one wideout in your head, you know that it requires attention. He requires attention, so you at least have to give him that look. What if he doesn't have that look? Every play now, he can go to the line and look at it with no subjectivity. He could say, you know what, this is the play. I'm going to look at my progressions the way I see him rather than saying, man, I know Hopkins is over there, but we saw against Tredavious White that second half, he was just – he. Hopkins was he was throwing Hopkins open. Hop, Hopkins was covered, man, and he was beating Trudeau. That's what gave Watson confidence in that second half. Slowly but surely, you saw him start beating White, start beating White, start beating White, and then you said, "Man, this is what I need to see." You don't have that no more. You don't. But maybe that's a good thing because we saw last year a lot of times Stills or Fuller would be wide open and he'd be you know forcing the ball into Hopkins. And luckily Hopkins is really good at those contested catches. But maybe Deshaun will see the field a little bit more and take another step as a quarterback. Let's take a step forward to my bookie right now. And you're going to hit the over 55 and a half points, Milwaukee Bucks, Miami Heat. Um, I'm sorry, that's first quarter. 55 and a half first quarter. I believe that, I mean, we saw that the Heat, they, they're going to score. That's not the problem for them. They, 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 uh, I thought that the Bucks would be able to eventually make some stops or, or outscore them. I'm not sure that that's going to happen in this series. I'm not sure the team that's down 0-3 with their star hobbled, I'm not sure how much they're willing to play on the defensive end. I think the Heat are going to be able to score the Bucks. Their problems haven't been so much on the offensive end as well, especially in the first half where they'll be able to put up 59.4 points per game. That's what they put up the last four. In all those four games, they've lost against Miami. Miami's had their number all season long but still the Bucks have averaged 59 points in the first half to get there I believe that the first quarter will be scoring I think that the heat uh, those kids are young when you got young kids hitting shots the ball just drops you can't beat that that builds confidence so go ahead hit the over first half 55 and a half or uh, first quarter over first half 109.5 you're going to do it at my bookie use promo code radio and you're going to get a deposit bonus you're going to play that free money you're going to save a little bit for the Texans over on Thursday night, and you're going to hey, make money with us. That's what we do every single Sunday. Use promo code radio at mybookie.ag. You listen to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. We're taking a break. Okay. That's cool.
You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. One more time. That's what we have. One more segment. One more time is what the Rockets fan is saying right now. He's saying, do it one more time. Go up 2-0. And then we're going to do it again. We're going to go 3-0. And then we're going to sweep the Lakers. That's what they're going to do. Maybe not all that. But they're saying just one more time. Give us that, that feeling that you gave the Rocket fan the other day. The, that feeling after that game. They're saying, you know what? The Rockets, they, if they play their game, the number one defensive team in the playoffs thus far, 3-4-6, sending in the text saying, the Houston has the best. And then he puts in capitals, the best defensive rating in the playoffs. The Rocket fan right now saying, one more time. Be the best and go up 2-0. Do you think that happens tonight? Yeah, yeah it feels like <laughs> that speech, right? I, I don't Freedom! know. Yeah. <laughs> it, I'm, I'm a little worried about tonight, to be honest. I, I just, I, It's that Blazers-Lakers series, right? Where Blazers come out, look great in game one, and then they go back to earth. I'm afraid that's going to happen with Houston tonight. I, I hope I'm wrong, but that's the thing with James Harden, is we talked about Deshaun not being so consistent James Harden has some of that too he can be real streaky and if he's not hitting those shots tonight you know are the Rockets going to have enough to overcome them but you brought up a good point during the break that how are they going to check James Harden you know the Dort's not on this team that's the that's the factor here you do you, you how do you get James Harden off his game they don't have the for them to do that we talked about it earlier this show they have to put uh LeBron James, when I talk LeBron James and James Harden, I get him. It's like a soup. It's like a gumbo soup. All the James you can eat. Either way, when you put LeBron on him, it takes away from the, I guess, the, the I guess, IQ, defensive IQ of that team. Everything behind him is is not very bright, let's call it. Those guys, to, to be able to stop that offense of the Rockets, you have to have good defensive rotations. You have to have people in the right spots. You have to have all that work cohesively. And if you have... LeBron James holding, uh, trying to stop Harden off the dribble at the three-point line. What what does it look like behind him? And what happens if Harden does beat him off the dribble? It's trouble. That's what's going on. That's why I say for the for the Lakers to win this game in their head, they got to go small. They got to say, you know what, we're going to fight fire with fire, and we're just going to play in the open court. We're just going we're going to have to run. I think that's what the Lakers. The, they no way they can start McGee at, at, and Davis and expect that those guys are going to go out there and, and run with those smaller guys. They can't. They can't. And this makes me want to ask you, we talked about the Texans. What what does Deshaun and the Texans have to do to consider it a successful season? We said AFC championship game. Is this a a successful season for the Rockets if they beat the Lakers and they advance to the next round? Ooh, man. Is that enough? I think it is. Yeah, I think at that point you have to look at it more at not how far they went, but opponent in in saying – well, it worked in a, in a series because that's been the question. Well, yeah, you know that the small ball can work in any single given night, but can it work in a series? And then if you say, well, they beat the Thunder, and many are going to sweep that under the rug and say, man, the Thunder weren't supposed to be there. Okay, well, if you beat the Lakers in a series, then it it, it could be a double-edged sword, though, because it could give you a false sense of identity of, man, this, this small ball could work. And they, they, now they're stuck with it going forward some. And what if this Lakers team just isn't, isn't that good? What if they're not? I don't think they're that good in the bubble, but um, honestly, like whoever wins this series, I think is losing to the Clippers anyways, because the Clippers are winning the finals this year. It's already kind of set in stone. 
I'm hearing a lot of that, actually. A lot of people like the Clippers. I think I would be happy because it's the James Harden narrative, right? Like, if he beats LeBron and advances in this playoffs and he plays well in the series, then then you feel better about the elim- elimination James stuff. I feel like that kind of goes away. And we didn't talk about this because we're just on the air. You weren't happy with the way James played in that Thunder series towards the end, right? No. You know, no. not at all. You were pretty critical of him. Did you have any gained respect for him winning that game seven, though, with the block shot? How do I word this? I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I, it just it did nothing for me. You know, that'd be a flat-out lie. Did, what did it do for me? It made me believe that, okay, he's, he's focused. He was still his mentally, although his shot wasn't falling, he was engaged. That's, yeah. what you, that's what you always fear, that he maybe is not engaged in those moments. So was he engaged? Yeah. Now, does that erase it? No. No, I don't even know if that ball was going to go in. What if Dort pump fakes it one time, lets him jump past, and then on the on the following play, something that is not even spoken about, he fouled and sent them to the line. What if what if what if Gallo makes that free throw? They're down one, and then they get the little inbound and hit a two pointer, and they lose by one, and everyone's going to say, "Dude, it would have been a two point game. We would have gone to overtime." James made a stupid foul again. Those are things we don't talk about, but all of a sudden they're washed away because he had one block. But at the same, I can't be naive and say it doesn't do anything. But we don't look years from now. We're not going to talk about his defensive, you know, priorities. We're going to talk about offensively in the in the in the group that people put him in, and it's going to come down to what he does in these big games. Luckily, his supporting cast bailed him out in many moments of that of that game. Now, Dort, you're going to tell me Dort was able to take him off his game? Dort? <laughs> I know, I know. I just I, What I liked on defense is he was guarding Adams under the rim, and then he saw the ball go over there to Dort, and he was able to get off his guy and get to Dort in time and block the shot. There was a lot of hustle on that play, a lot of awareness too. And, and he didn't foul Dort. That was what was great about the block too is he kind of – went sideways on him so he didn't foul him on the shot so uh, big respect for that but you're right he's he's got to be great on offense or it's not going to change it that, and that's the whole thing i think the small ball project it's made them tougher though you see how tough you imagine when you were playing basketball if you were playing it's just it's just being self-conscious if you were playing basketball against a smaller guy you didn't you didn't have to bang him around so hard you know you, when he was backing you down it was a different feel. When you played it against a big guy, you had to put that elbow on him, right? You you knew it was coming. You played tougher, and that's what it looks like the Rockets are doing. They're playing they're playing tougher because they have to, and that's something you wouldn't see whenever they didn't do that small ball. I just it's just a different team. That's why I'm not saying that they're going to beat the Lakers in, in, in the series. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that they have a good chance that they, this isn't the Lakers' way. I mean, the Lakers were huge favorites. There's the odds were off. Okay, this Lakers team is not that team. If you have Rondo running that second team and 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 you're expecting him to score 18 footers and, and shooting three pointers, you're in trouble. Man, and you know what? You're in trouble if you bet at the wrong place, Jerry. That's why we do it at my bookie, guys. My bookie is where you want to get your action in. You want to bet on this Rockets Lakers game? Get over to my bookie, guys. And they have tons of NBA bets. It's all over the place. And it's so simple. You just pull out your phone, you go to mybookie.ag, you set up your account, you start wagering. They have over 150 NBA bets to choose from, guys. And it's not just NBA. You can bet baseball, UFC. You want Jerry's soccer plays? That's how you can make 
a lot of money and you do it at my bookie. So get over there and you're going to want to use promo code radio when you set up your account and they will double your first deposit. So get over there. They will match you dollar for dollar. Where else are you going to get a deal like that? If you're meeting your bookie down the street, he's not going to give you any kind of matching of your deposit. You're just going to have to pay out of pocket. So get over to mybookie.ag and it's simple there, guys. You bet, you win, they pay. Mybookie.ag, promo code radio. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Again, next Sunday, it's going to be intense. I hope you're ready. I hope you got your fantasy teams in line. I hope you have your bets going. It's football time. Good luck to all you Texans fans on Thursday. Your man got his contract. Now he's got to go out there and earn it. Can he? Will he? By the next time we talk, we'll know. Peace.